2024 edition, where the candidates must watch news coverage that's absurd and respond. Why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? Oh, this should be good. Why do you think we are? It's called opening your eyes. Uh, to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So that the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. How stupid do you think we are? Really? The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? That doozy kid better shut the up. The Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that razor wire so that they could do their job. But the job no, is to keep the illegals job. out and the Americans safe. You shut up, you. You, go back you don't even know what you're saying. Put in. There's money in there for some 1,300 additional Border Patrol agents. We want to help them do their jobs. We want to give them more resources. Does razor wire work? Does razor wire work for what? Oh my gosh, how stupid is this one? Yes, razor wire works. It keeps people out of the country, which is the point. Yes, razor wire does have a lot of points. What? That's not what I was... Hey, fellas, you may not have noticed, but the movie's over and we need you to vacate because I just bought the whole theater. Stupid Swifties. Oh, okay, Joe. Um, let's, let's get going. No, 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 no. Please don't leave the ice cream cone behind. No, no, no. We've got to take that with us. It'll make a big mess. Oh. Housekeeping. Sometimes and now, from Times Square, it's that Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. the border. Hilton Beckham putting America first. Hillel Neuer is watching the UN. Simon Desk Weekend and sketch comedy from the Holderness family. Elizabeth Tabish, who plays Mary Magdalene, stops by. And tonight, Tom McDonald raps with Ben Shapiro. And now, from Times Square, where the NYPD is so busy with paperwork, they don't even have the time to keep themselves from getting beaten up. Here. Uh... Mm. Hi there. Do you like do you like the the new merch, that Kevin show, love the mug, and it keeps the coffee hot too. And that actually is coffee. I, I'm not. I'm not drinking the adult beverage tonight. I, I know that there's speculation about that in the uh, in the in the back, but it is. It's it's coffee, bitter. 
Mm. Uh, good, 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 good. What is not good? And Dave, you, you should have known better than to be so calloused about it in the open. I, I don't I don't like that. No, no, because we don't joke about the safety of the NYPD. That is not joke worthy. We don't do that. That is no, no. Um, and maybe you maybe you saw the headline. Um the the NYPD, which are the finest police officers on planet Earth. A couple of them got beaten up last week. And before they could finish the paperwork, you've got this joker walking down the sidewalk. Me no, I speak English. Flipping everybody off. And making a general nuisance of himself. And now, evidently, they have uh, been bussed to California, where they belong. <laughs> I, no, if you're in California, you take offense to that. That's, that's your problem. You're the one who's living in a state that wants to be a sanctuary, an entire sanctuary state, and have these people come. People that say, no, I no speak English, yeah, as they walk down the sidewalk. And it's not just that they're not speaking English. It's you you hear in how they in how they say it, no speak English. Like we're not, we don't want to speak English. I'm going to purposefully not speak English, even though that's the language of the country that has graciously let me in. Well, not so graciously, you came illegally. All of the migrants that beat up the cops were all here illegally. And we we turned around and let them out almost within minutes of them being arrested. Like, seriously, 90 minutes later, they're, they're all out of, we all, no, no, speak English, only Espanol. Well, I, I don't have anybody, I don't have anything against people speaking Spanish. My director, I've, Quinones speaks Spanish quite well. But it's not the point of being um, literate in more than one language. It's that you hate the country that you're yelling that you're not going to speak the language of. That's the problem. And I did not know this until that fine young man, Jesse Waters. You know the Jesse Waters? He's going to, that young man's going places. Uh, he said on his show this week that the states that have all of the illegals living there they don't get to vote, but they get counted in the census. And when the tax dollars and congressional districts get re redistributed, all the illegals that are in the state add to that state's delegation and to the dollars that they get. Now, who thinks that's a great idea? Because because somebody does, and their their name is uh, the Biden administration, because they they keep trying to say that they have the right to let all these people in. In fact, uh, Kamala Harris this week actually said in one of the um, interviews that she gave that the purpose of the court's lawsuit against the razor wire was to make sure that the border patrol could process people. That evidently she views, as John Kirby did in the cold open, she views the border not as a barrier, 
but as a place to process people. And she wants to process people. And then she said this in her interview and then quickly put them on a path to citizenship. Now, I don't mind people immigrating to the U.S. I love the fact that we have about a million or so legal immigrants that come through the proper channels, doing all of the paperwork, making sure that they have put their um, that their house in order before they come. I, I, I love that. America is great because of our immigrants. But we have an orderly process for that that should be being followed. And when you say we, we want to raise the, the, the we want to get rid of the razor wire, Texas is saying, no, 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 we don't want to we don't want to raise the razor wire. We don't we want to keep that right there where it is. In fact, after the Supreme Court said that the feds could come cut it, they said, yeah, try this. And they put four four times as much on it. And by the way, the court didn't say that Texas couldn't do that. But I think it's pretty telling when you have. No speak English. As they walk out of the processing station in Manhattan. And uh, now they're on the bus to California and good luck with all of that. We are also a nation at war tonight, friends. I, I hate to tell you this, but as of last night, we launched 85 airstrikes against Syria uh, to retaliate for the killing of our men in Jordan a little more than a week ago, men and women. Um, and many of them still injured. The 40 that were hurt, one of them in critical condition, uh, is still with us. But it's it's going to be a long road back for some of those guys. So our nation is uh, a nation at crossroads tonight. We, we are a nation that needs prayer. We need God. We need to get some serious people understanding how to run the country as well. All right. I, I teased it a little bit at the beginning, but... That Kevin show. Isn't this a beautiful coffee mug? You're going to have one just like it. I'm going to tell you why you want to get one, too. Your chance to win something very significant. But uh, you can go to That Kevin store and get that now. That Kevin store. You get get your own eh, bitter, bitter coffee coffee mug. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. All right. Oh, I forgot to tell you the best part. Before we're done tonight, Ben Shapiro is going to rap. And if you don't think the violin playing smart guy from L.A. can, you got to stick around. Well, he's in Florida now, but you got to stick around. We got a big show for you, and we're coming right back from New York. Stay here. a few classified documents between friends. I told you, I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. Welcome back. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us at That Kevin Show from Times Square. Well, we, we're in the midst of Decision 24. There's no way around it. We are multiple primary contests in, and it seems like the former president is just going to steamroll his way to the nomination. Uh, whether or not that will happen before or after South Carolina, whether it happens before or after Super Tuesday, no one except Nikki Haley knows yet. Uh, but one way or another, she's going to be eliminated, and Donald Trump will be the presumptive uh, and eventual nominee of the party. 
But what does that bring us to at this point in time? My next guest has some perspective on that. She served president number 45 in the White House in his administration, and now she is the communications director for America First Policy Institute. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome Hilton Beckham. I'm well. Good. Uh, it's good to see you. It's been a little, been half second since you were with us. Um, so let me just, America First Policy Institute, elevator pitch. Uh, you guys were a bunch of people, many of which served in the administration, that were focused on America First policies. Mm-hmm. My column for townhall.com last week, uh, the, the subject of much of my on-air commentary this past week, has all been centered around that one little kind of throwaway phrase that the former president used in his Laconia speech before the New Hampshire election, in which he just simply asked the question, and it was one of the softest spoken things he said in the entire speech. He said, why is it that a president would ever not want or or, or would ever be offended by America being great? Um, America First Policy Institute is your day job. Um, isn't that the minimum requirement to get to be president that you want our country to succeed? You know, you would think that you would think that would be the, the, the top of mind issue when somebody's running for president. But I feel like we've seen so many presidents come in and it's almost like they treat America like it's their stepchild, like it, it's theirs, but it's like, yeah, there, there, there's other countries, other children that we can probably look after more, whether it's China or the Middle East or whatever. We can send billions over there and, and protect those people's walls and or borders or what have you. But it, it seems like America kind of has always taken second rank. And it's really sad. And I think that's why Trump became so popular. Actually, I don't think it's why. It is why Trump is so popular is because he came in and had this unabashed love of America and and made it feel like it was okay to actually be vocal about it. Uh, So that's here at America First Policy Institute. We kind of, you know, harness that energy and continued it on after, you know, Trump left. And we're hoping to continue it when he comes back, because I have no doubts that Biden's going to fail miserably when it comes to going head to head with Trump. But yeah, that's basically who we are here at America First. Well, they've had a very difficult time even letting him be out on the campaign trail. I mean, just just a few appearances and we've already got, um, you know, a splash reel of his uh, sizzle bites that are just one after the other. And it's almost cruel to point them out, but mm-hmm. nobody, none, none of us are the ones putting them out there in front of people to have these moments. Um, I felt in 2020 that it was uh, elder abuse, what they were doing to him. Uh, certainly they can't keep him in the basement this time. So that's part of the problem. Let, let me, let me go back to this idea though. And I really want to drill down on this. When I take my children to school, and I I don't think you have any kids, so you may not relate, but when we take our car to the mechanic, when we take our case to a lawyer, when we take our uh, medical worries to a doctor, um, when when we are picking a spouse to, to be with us for the rest of our life, I don't know of any choice in life where we where we take that choice and go, oh wow, I hope they're just very mediocre for or or even terrible. Uh, for the duration of the time that they're doing whatever it is that we're asking them to do. Um, there is, and, and I want to I want to emphasize this, because I, 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 it's just been bothering me to no end. There is a, de- a pronounceable 
anti-American sentiment to the Biden administration curling their lip when they say MAGA and when they uh, talk about MAGA Republicans and when they, they use that term as a pejorative. And I, I want to, in as intellectually sophisticated a way as possible, push back and say, but why? Why are you saying that making America great is wrong? No, that's a that's the million dollar question. I don't understand it. And also, wh why are you here if you hate America that much? There's just this growing hatred of what America stands for. I truly believe it's because of the values we're built on, the Christian freedom-loving values, and people just can't stand it. I've said for a while now, I don't think this is a fight versus Republican, Republican versus Democrat. Mm -hmm. I think this is a fight with good versus evil. Just just pure evil that that is living in our country right now that has has no regard for what we see like with abortion, the value of life, with our border valuing national security, with our communities valuing safety. There's no regard for it. It's almost like they they thrive in seeing the downfall of of of, of communities that are based in true values. So I, I truly don't understand it. Um, but I think the silent majority is getting louder and louder, and people who support Trump are really going to come out this year and and vote for him to get rid of this evil that's just permeating our country right now. Well, we didn't know it on election night, but in New Hampshire, um, he broke another record for the biggest number of votes that uh, a candidate has received in the primary there. Um, and he, of course, broke the record in Iowa for all of the um, <clears throat> uh, explaining that Nikki Haley seems to be trying to do on the trail. It, it's not having much effect given just what the demand is. And everyone's saying this is a Republican primary. Okay, that's fine. But in New Hampshire, for example, the president had 170,000 votes and Joe Biden had, he couldn't break 70,000. So, you know, there's, there's a fairly significant uh, imbalance and difference between uh, where the two men are at right now. And I want to, I want to delve into some of the stuff that I've been I've been getting um, supposedly hit with on social media the last few weeks. I, I don't really think that it is being hit because I, I don't think that um, their arguments are valid. But there's people trying to say that uh, Trump is not, for instance, with young voters, uh, voters 18 to 40, that he's not doing well. What do, what does the actual uh, polling and substance say, Hilton, right now with that that the former president's doing with younger voters? That's uh, just absolutely false. Um, no, he's actually doing very well with young voters. I think he's actually turning out the young vo the vote. I, you know, I just love seeing when he went to Iowa State for the football game that he actually went to the fraternities and how big of a turnout it was there and how all these young, you know, men and women were just enthralled to see him and how he was throwing footballs around and he was cooking <laughs> hot dogs. He knows how to connect, but you you try to put Biden in a fraternity atmosphere. I, I I would cringe. I would actually. Well, we cringe. have a picture, uh, and Ivan put this on the screen. We have a picture of uh, Biden this last week with construction workers, and look at it there. He's got the hat on backward. No. All right, we got to take a quick no. break. We're coming right back. She's Hilton Beckham from America First Policy Institute. You can find out more about everything they do at their website and follow them on social media. I highly, highly recommend. Uh, and it's uh, that Kevin show coming right back from New York. Don't go away. 
for more of That Kevin next. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. From Times Square, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And the uh, the amazing redhead right here, this is Hilton Beckham. Hilton, have you ever had your hair weighed? You have more red hair than any human being I've ever seen on planet Earth. And since I have a lot of Irish relatives, <laughs> that's amazing. So good on you for it. Uh, I don't think I've ever been asked if I had my hair weighed. <laughs> but, you know, uh, funny thing is, I had very short hair until I was about 15. It was like up to here. And I, ref- I said I would never grow it out. And... Here we are. Have you had it cut since? I mean, not trimmed, but like seriously I, cut? No, I don't. I, God, I don't know. There's no I need don't to. remember the last time. The Bible says that cut. long hair on a woman is a glorious thing. And I I, I agree with it. Uh, 100%. I own it. Own All right. Uh, she's owning that. We are owning this country when it comes to who's going to decide the next election. And Hilton, one of the things that people are being asked about, and I don't know if AFP, no, you do have people working on this because you've got uh, Hogan and some other guys. The, the issue of voter integrity, what's the outlook for the elections in uh, 2024 and how much improvement have we made by way of different states uh, and the problems they had in 2020? You know, I think the lawyers are making this a top issue, whether it's, you know, in the Trump campaign world or here at AFPI. We 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 slacked on that in 2020 when COVID hit and Democrats started changing the rules. We kind of just let it fly by and it was astonishing that that happened but this time you know we've learned our lesson we are more you know vigilant about it now Hogan Gidley is doing a great job of you know keeping the drumbeat rolling on that one so I'm I'm not too worried but you know again with the Democrats you you never know what stops they're gonna pull so we have to still be very much on top of it but I, I I think I think the majority of Americans are aware of what's going on and they're really going to come out to support Trump. I had uh, Eric Trump on the show about a week before the 2020 election. And I could tell by his answer to my question that I took him off guard and that, that worried me. I said, are, are you ready for the shenanigans that are going to happen? Because I just had this feeling that COVID was going to mess things up and that people had taken advantage of the yeah. moment to, you know, really ruin things. And it turned out to be absolutely true. His response at the time was, yeah, I think we're ready. I thought, no, we're not ready. Um, but I did have Laura Trump on the show in your chair just two weeks ago, sitting right there. And I said, Laura, what's the outlook? And she said, we're going to have lawyers in every consequential district in every state across the country. And I was like, okay, this is what we got to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to call them on it the moment that it happens. Let me, let me speak to that issue for a second. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about President Trump and the female vote particularly suburban moms, uh, and there is kind of a natural opening for him on this front when it comes to DEI, CRT, gender theory, all the stuff that that they're trying to shove into the public schools. But I did hear from Moms for Liberty and some other groups just a couple of weeks ago that said they wanted to hear 45 talk about it more specifically on the trail, like specifically mention it in every speech. And then sure enough, on that Monday night speech before New Hampshire, he uh, he did. He did a, an entire uh, section of it, and I 
ripped that video off and I sent it to people. But how is the uh, from your perspective? And and you check a lot of boxes. You're you're female. You're under forty. You've got you know uh, access to people that are working in the think tank world that are over your age that are female. What is the sense of how Trump is doing with women this time around? I think he's doing a lot better. And first of all, it just kills me to even think that suburban moms wouldn't be on board with Trump, especially given, you know, what's happening in the education system, what you mentioned before, CRT and, and DEI and whatnot. I, 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 just the fact that they would, I guess what, they thought mean tweets were enough to vote for someone else that, you know, could care less about their kids and, and want to... Well, I don't remember how close it was, but he did lose that vote in... 20. And I thought mm -hmm. that he shouldn't have. I thought the economy had done so well. Well, yeah. again, COVID, it threw a big curveball in the middle of everything. But I do think these moms are more lasered on some stuff than others. And I'm not sure that they're thinking about Iran. I think they are thinking about gender theory and that stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about moms, I think the far left has gotten this wrong where they think that maybe suburban moms are more on board with the kind of woke ideology of, you know, let your children be taught gender fluidity and, 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 you know, we're going to talk to them about their pronouns and, you know, we're going to show like pornography and books that just blows my mind that that was even allowed. But I think this really woke up the mama bears Hilton Beckham was a communications officer in the Trump administration. She is now the communications director for AFPI, the America First Policy Institute. And she will be with us as part of our coverage of Decision 24 as we go along here on That Kevin Show. Hilton, great to see you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thanks so much, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming back from Times Square. Did you know that Ben Shapiro has a number one song on the charts? Have you heard it? Stick around for more of That Kevin next Kevin McCullough. is someone who is uh, quite concerned about some of the actions of the United Nations as it has related to the ongoing conflict in Israel, where um, the Israelis justifiably continue to try to protect themselves by dealing with the terrorist threat that is Hamas, but really by extension, uh, the state of Iran. Uh, joining us from Israel is Hillel Neuer, who is the director, um, executive director of UN Watch, a human rights organization in Geneva, Switzerland. Hillel is joining us from Israel. Uh, Hillel, thank you so much for taking time to be here. Thank you. I'm actually still in Washington, D.C., but oh, thank you. Well, never mind. Um, yeah, you, you came here capital. actually to deal with the subject of UNRWA. And for people that are not uh, initiated as to what the, the conflict was. Give us a little uh, lexicon on, on what we're dealing with in that. Well, you know, in Geneva, where I'm based, there is the UN refugee agency known as UNHCR. They are charged with helping refugees who are fleeing persecution and war around the world. <clears throat> Could be in Sudan and Syria, uh, you know, uh, Ukraine and so forth. And they, their mission is to resettle refugees. You're a refugee fleeing war and persecution. We help you find refuge in another country. 
and your life moves on. There's another agency which is unique in the world. It's called UNRWA, U-N-R-W-A, the Relief and Works Agency. And it was created back in the late 1940s to help Palestinian Arabs who fled the war of 1948-49. And it's unique because uh, no other people in the world, the Sudanese, the Syrians, <clears throat> the folks in Myanmar, they don't have their own agency. And this agency has a completely different mandate. They do not seek to resolve the problem. They do not seek to resettle refugees. The contrary. Hmm. So if you're a refugee who fled that war in 1949 and you went to um, Lebanon, for example, which is a neighboring state. It's just uh, uh, a few dozen miles from northern Israel. <clears throat> and you're an Arab who was living in Palestine, and now you live in Lebanon. Your neighbors speak the same language, worship the same God, culturally the same, but they've never been integrated. And I don't mean, you know, just socially. I mean, legally, the Lebanese for nearly 80 years wouldn't let Palestinians who've been brought up generations there work in Lebanon or um, be, uh, be citizens. So they're considered Palestinian refugees. And there's an agency, UNRWA, which perpetuates this. UNRWA does not seek to resettle the Palestinian refugees from 1948 in, uh, in, in the countries that they're in, in Lebanon, in Egypt, sorry, in Gaza, in Jordan, but rather tells them your home is in Israel and your kids and your grandkids, and one day you're going to go back and basically undo the state of Israel. So that's, that's the mandate of the organization. Why does the UN um, and the international community kind of countenance this organization? Well, that, is, that was exactly our question, my question before the Congress. It had its own history. You know, UNRWA began with benign motives. The United States took the lead in 1949, approximately, to help these refugees, as they did in other places. Let's say the South Korean refugees, North Korean, th th their situation was resolved, and South Korea became a magnificent uh, success story. Uh, but what happened was, is the Palestinians, around already by the 1950s, said, wait a minute, if we accept integration and if we move on then the war is over and the Jews a have a state yeah and the Jews have a state because you know the UN voted for a Jewish state and an Arab state the Arabs said no we do not accept partition we do not accept two states there's no Jewish state and five Arab nations declared war on Israel and they lost Egypt conquered Gaza which was supposed to be a Palestinian state Egypt took it over Jordan took over the West Bank there was no Palestinian Arab state and the Palestinian Arabs and the Arab nations said, no, Israel, we refuse to accept Israel. Since then, in the past, you know, 30 odd years, we've had Egypt sign peace with Israel and Jordan and United Arab Emirates, Morocco, Bahrain. But the Palestinians still say uh, our children, grandchildren, they're all refugees. And the one that's doing all this is UNRWA. And it's become this perverse thing where we're paying for it. U.S. taxpayers are paying over $300 million a year. You gave a billion dollars since 2021 to UNRWA. And what we exposed is beyond the mere fact, which is the essence of the problem, that UNRWA's mandate only perpetuates grievance, war, and resentment and leads to the October 7th massacre. UNRWA's narrative leads to the massacre. But the agency we learned in the past Week And we've been warning about it for 10 years, but the Wall Street Journal reported that there are 1,200 terrorists, operatives working for UNRWA. 6,000 have close family members who belong to Hamas or Islamic Jihad. A dozen were actually involved in the massacre. So this agency is 
infested with terrorism, and uh, we need to replace it, find other UN agencies that can distribute the aid. There's the World Health Organization. There's the humanitarian agency called OCHA. We can find replacements, and that's what we're working to do. So what would you like of Americans that are hearing about this for the first time to do? What's something practical that they can uh, respond to this with? Well, uh, I, I think any American would be disgusted. I'm, I'm a Swiss citizen, uh, and I live in Switzerland. I pay Swiss taxes, and my money is paying for teachers like Elha Mansour, who say, by Allah, we need to slaughter all the Jews, and if you don't do it, you're violating God's will. I'm paying for it. You're paying for it, too. And if you're disgusted that your money is paying for the teachers of terrorism, and just go on unwatch.org, my website, unwatch.org, you will see the UNRWA's terrorgram. You'll see all the teachers, their photos, their UNRWA contract ID, and their celebration of terrorism. If you don't want to pay for that, speak to your, send a message to your representative, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. email, send a message and say defund, defund now. not temporarily. Actually, let me defund. let me do something for my listeners. Uh, the phone number is 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121. That's the Capitol switchboard. You can talk to your senator, you can talk to your representative, uh, and you can let all of them know that you would like to see immediate tax monies removed from funding UNRWA indefinitely going forward. Hillel Neuer, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for taking time to tell us about it. And we wish you only the best in the days to come. Thank you so much. You got it. Again, 202-224-3121 and tell your representative defund UNRWA now. 202-224-3121. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald. They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. I don't want to talk to folks who don't get it. Go woke, go broke, no hope. It's pathetic. Pro choice pronouns, pro love, you're progressive. But you ain't pro gun, no one to protect it. Where the American flags at? Remember when people would hang those? They've been taken down, they all been replaced with BLM flags or a rainbow. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. I don't care if I offend you. I was put here to upset you. You can cry and you can scream. You can ride in the streets. You defunded the police. Now there's no one to protect you. I hope I offend you. I ask myself what would Ben do. Let's just keep it real facts. Don't care how you feel, man. If you want my pronouns, I'm the man. I'm the man who don't respect Let's look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like Liz and my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a whap. Dog 
dog, it's a yarmulke, homie, no cap. Look at the graphs, look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison, I'm on television, dog. No one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karens. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't remote and stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. I don't care if I offend you. I was put here to upset you. You can cry and you can scream. You can riot in the streets. You defunded the police. Now there's no one to protect you. It's cool to be the victim, well, I'ma be the man You said, you said, you said You just try to get attention, being triggered's all you have You mad, you mad, you mad You blame everybody else for every problem that you can You said, you said, you said I will never say I'm sorry, I ain't taking nothing back I don't care if I offend you I was put here to upset you There they are, Tom McDonald, Ben Shapiro, number one song in the country, number one in the rap selection, not number one in the country, not number one in any other specific minor group. It is the number one song across the board. Ben Shapiro, Tom McDonald, and Facts. Kevin McCullough, coming back from New York. Don't go away. Soundtrack. Search hashtag new music spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music.